This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. All right, we are back with episode two of the WOMED. What's been happening in the media lately, Danny? Oh boy. Oh boy, Social Senator. media is blowing it up. Is. Senator Marine Walsh. Oh girl. Oh she, man. She made some pretty uh pretty bad comments about nurses. Which she showed it. Let's hope that they weren't intended to be as bad as they sounded. Yeah. We've got I, some I have things to, to believe talk like about. I have to believe it too. Yeah, I don't I don't think that she meant like it to come off the way she did but it came off pretty damn condescending it was not good it no was definitely it, was not, not good. it was not good social media exploded last night yes which last night was april 19th just to clarify yeah so if you guys are going to google and look back this all happened on april 19th yes so we got some things to talk about today we sure do yes but first before <laughs> we get to that our lubrication question. Oh boy. Oh boy. This this one is brought to you by Danielle Maltby, which I almost threw up when she asked it. But But I will say both have happened to me in my time as me a too. nurse. Me too. Okay. Danny, I'm gonna ask you it first. All right. <laughs> it's so it's bad, just, y'all. It's in my head. Would you rather get coughed on by a trach, like mucus coming out of it and everything? Oh. Or get farted on in the face by an ostomy. This is a this is a lose lose situation. It folks. is definitely a lose lose situation. Yeah, and they say that nurses like this is why we have respiratory therapists because they find it so satisfying to like suck out. Okay, but like, I'm one of those people. Loogies. I love getting a bunch of junk out of an ET tube. Oh, I mean, it's okay. I like a solid NT suction, but like when it comes out of a trach, it gets me a little bit, but not as much as it gets me coming out of an ostomy bag. Never. So I would rather be coughed on by a trach yeah. Then farted on by an ostomy bag any day of the week. <laughs> any, literally any day of the Not week. just an ostomy <laughs> bag, but like when you have to change that ostomy dressing oh, and you're shoot. in there like trying to make sure, like at least on the babies, like, I mean, they, I mean, it's tiny. Like you have to get down in there and like close. Yeah. Like, I mean, not like face right in it, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Poop sprays. <laughs> it does spray, and it's particularly liquidy when it's coming right out of an ileostomy. Yeah, your yeah. small bowel. <laughs> Not so. to mention that, like, I don't know what it is about ostomy particles, but they just like linger in your nose hairs. It re- oh yeah, yeah. And when you Dean just and I were talking about this, all day she's long. like, "It's just stuck up there. It probably is just stuck it probably up there. Is. You, you know? just smell it all day long." Oh boy. Oh boy. So we both agree we would rather be coughed on by a yeah. trick. So be sure you uh, tweet. Or leave a comment. Yeah. Would you rather? Would you rather? On this episode's uh, Instagram, when we have a Twitter. Yeah. We're going to work we, on a Twitter. Yeah, we got to buy the we'll Twitter handle, too. At yeah. the WOMED. Yes. So, would you rather ostomy bag or a trach? I bet you. I bet you people would rather the trach. But we'll see. Yeah. I could be wrong. There could be some weirdos out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> True. There definitely could be. Okay. So, um, well, so I guess we're going to start this episode by giving a brief background about these comments that Senator Maureen Walsh from the state of Washington made. Yes, uh, and, and I think we should probably play the clip yeah. that got most nurses riled up. Yes. So we're going to play the clip first. Both yes. clips. We'll play both clips, right? And then... Uh, well, let's play the first one and we'll be like, 
Let's just play the first one first. Okay. All right. So here we go. Thank you, Mr. President. Well, if we have an issue with nurses getting tired, let's quit letting them do 12-hour shifts. Let's let them do eight-hour shifts, like most standard shifts are. 12 hours, I know they want it, but then they come back and they start talking out of both sides of the mouth and telling us how tired they are. Let's make them eight-hour shifts. I commend the amendment to you. Oh, Marine. <laughs> First, I, I honestly had to be like, I don't know what it means to talk out of both sides of my mouth. Was that like a, this This just might be my like nurse brain that, no, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> First of all, I don't, I don't. I didn't quite know exactly what she meant by talking out of both sides of her mouth. I'm like, are they that tired? Like, are they drooling? Like, I've, <laughs> I don't know. I, she, yeah, I don't know. Maureen, I just, if we're tired, what, I couldn't even tell. I thought she was a nurse when she was first making this comment. Yeah. Like a retired nurse or something. Like she even knew what we went through on a daily basis or maybe had some idea. Uh. And I also was like, does she want the eight-hour eight shifts? With some of the things that have been played, like, does she want us to work eight-hour shifts? Does she not? Clearly in this clip, like, she does want the eight-hour shifts. But yeah, she wants when you start watching more, you wonder, like, was she for this? Was she against us? Like, what well, in I think the world is she talking about? That's part of the problem. The bill is very confusing. It feels like, uh, like what was it, Prop 38, Prop 98, something like that, where, like, no one actually knew how to vote for oh, it. Oh, right. Right, yeah. I completely agree. So it was like a double negative. We were talking about, like, vote for this not to happen yeah. sort of thing. So that's what we were – or vote, vote no for this not to happen. It, it, or yes. yes for this not to happen. It's so weird. Yeah. But – um. So let's let's play the other clip because I feel like this is the one that really, really had a lot of nurses pissed off. Yeah, for sure. And um, – and, I will say, Danny and I have sit here, sat here, and we have like Googled and YouTubed and tried to find the full clip, like the her full statement, just to try because the media loves clickbait. You know, mm-hmm. they love to post just that one line that's just going to get everyone pissed off, just so that they click on it, they read it, they run with it. But like in my head, I cannot comprehend some like any one person, and maybe I'm just naive, being like. Nurses don't do anything but play cards. And if they're tired, then, like, fine, like, whatever. Like, yeah, it just. And it's one of those things. Her statements were just very callous. They're so callous. And it's one of those things whenever you're going to talk trash about nurses, you have to be really careful what you say. Like, because nobody really knows what the heck that we do. Sometimes we don't even know what we do. So if you're going to criticize us, like, you better be darn well informed about what you're saying or else the nurse tribe is going to come at you with like and it's a massive (laughs) tribe it's a big tribe people forget we outnumber every other person in healthcare yes like so many so there are like three million nurses in the world i think that's like so many more than like doctors that surprised me i feel like there'd be like seven billion (laughs) i don't know let's we'll check my we need a stat checker here we do podcast we have a fact check well yeah we'll check my we'll check my fact but i think it's like 3.1 million or something maybe i'm totally making that up um but okay i just fact checked um there are 19.3 million nurses in the world nurses and midwives according to the world health organization's World Health Statistics Report, and that was in 2011. So 
You know, I feel like we're probably still right about there, you know, minus some from like nurse burnout and what, but you know, I feel like we're right about like 19 to 20 million nurses in the world. 3.9 million in the United States. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, like- <laughs> that's closer to yeah. what I was thinking. For sure. I wonder how many doctors there are. Oh, 1.1 million doctors. So yeah. there are almost four times more nurses in the United States than there are doctors. Yes. So, I mean, we're coming at you ablazing. Yeah. Big, big D energy. <laughs> big nurse D energy. Okay. Uh, so I think this is the second clip, but my browser closed out, closed out the other one, but we'll see. Okay. Here's some more comments by Maureen Walsh. I'm in an underserved area and all we're doing is making it more difficult to be served. I understand helping with employees and making sure that we have rest breaks and things like that. But but I also understand that we need to care for patients first and foremost. And by putting these types of mandates on a critical access hospital that literally serves a handful of individuals, I would submit to you, those nurses probably do get breaks. They probably play cards for a considerable amount of the day. But the reality is this bill does not apply to critical access hospitals. Please support this amendment and help out some of these underserved areas in the state that have these critical access hospitals that frankly. Oh, boy. Play cards. Play cards. Well, and like, again, that statement, it doesn't like what side is she on? Right. Like, I, I don't get I like I don't fully understand what she's trying to say. Um, and we've we've theorized that she's for this bill, but like I don't I don't truly understand what her issue is with the critical access hospitals, which basically bridge the gap between major med- medical centers and the outside communities. Right. So what I think is happening. So first of all, this is SHB. The bill is SHB eleven fifty five. If you want to look it up yourself. And the bill was originally written to ensure that all nurses receive uh, scheduled breaks. So in the state Which, of Washington, in that video, she's also breaks are it like quotes. finger quotes. Yeah, she's <laughs> finger quoting. Yeah, it's really embarrassing. So it was to ensure that all nurses get breaks. And then all of a sudden, this amendment was thrown in. They they wanted to change the bill to say that all nurses in the state of Washington um, must work eight hour shifts. And if you're a nurse, you know. This could be a huge change to the healthcare system. Like this is not just willy nilly. This changes staffing. This changes everything. Like job yes. satisfaction. Like this is a this is a huge change to the point where it's like going from paper charting to electronic charting. Like mm-hmm. massive cost to healthcare systems. Whatever. So this just got thrown in there, um, and basically thrown in, but excluding critical access hospitals. And what Danielle and I theorized while reading through all of this is that, and we need somebody from a critical access hospital to write in and tell us if this is true, but I'm guessing you need longer shifts because your hospitals are smaller. And I think what she was trying to say in an extremely insensitive way is that you may not be busy all the time, but at a critical access hospital, and she used the words 
playing cards, which is in super embarrassing. Oh, my God. Um, and not to mention, she failed to mention that if you work at a critical access hospital and somebody comes in, you better know what the heck you're doing because you're not yes. going to have resources like the other hospitals have to help people. So, like, you're going to be everyone. You're going to be the doctor, the nurse, the respiratory therapist, the, you know, and you could be insanely busy and in an insanely serious, like, situation if you don't know what you're doing. But this did not come across this way at all when she said this. So. No, and I um, I made a, a post about it last night, and I'd just like to read one of the comments that um, uh, at Carly Wink 88 left on my page. It's a public page, so I feel like I can – Yeah, absolutely. um, So she states, I'm an OB nurse at a critical access hospital. In the world of OB, it usually comes in waves. There are times we are swamped and overflowed onto the next unit, which just happened on my last shift. And there are times of low census. When there's low census, you are either put on call or more than likely floated to another unit. Just because one unit is experiencing low census does not mean the whole hospital is. There is a huge nursing shortage in the States. So instead of being able to stay home or go home early, we support each other and fill in where we can. Because of this, there is definitely no time for playing cards. I think there's a lot of downplay of the importance of critical access hospitals in general, which is very unfortunate. When we have educated people like, and educated is in quotes, when we have educated people like Senator Walsh making statements like this, it only amplified the misconceptions. I have witnessed so many scenarios where the patient wouldn't have made it if they had to drive the extra 45, 65 minutes to the nearest hospital. I live in a town of 1,500 people and work 15 minutes away from the nearest hospital in a town of 14,000. I know that we are needed here. I know we work our asses off to give the best patient care and patient outcomes. I definitely don't appreciate how she tried to categorize our hospitals or the nurses that serve there. I think that comment perfectly sums that sums this whole situation up. I do too. You know, like sometimes, and this is a problem on every unit where I've worked, is that staffing is, if you're not busy every single minute of the day, then they'll cut a nurse from you. You know, like Mm -hmm. it's not okay for us to have a moment of downtime whatsoever or you can be criticized for it or your staffing can be cut or something like that. So I think she just latched onto this with critical access hospitals when that's embarrassing. I mean, you have to be ready like for whatever's going to come at you. And like, you might not always, yeah, you might not always be at capacity, but nurses are always on alert. Like you never know what's going to come through that door. Emergencies happen at any moment. So to sit there and be like, well, they're just playing cards most of the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, I I just really would love for her to job shadow any nurse in the in a critical access hospital oh or let alone in like one of our ICU settings. Right. And I, you know, the other aspects of this as well, although social media has totally latched onto it and like made jokes of it and that's how we get over things in nursing, serious things in nursing as we make jokes. Uh, but there have been a lot of jokes made, but there are some points that definitely need to be said about this. One, something that really bothered me was that as your follower posted, this is coming from an educated woman in a place of power. Yes. And when you make comments about an entire like tribe of women, basically, you know, there are men too. 
but there, we have there mentioned- are. There's a lot of, there's a lot right. more men in the nursing field and medical field. Right. So we're still like 90% female dominated or 89% female dominated. So dominated. So whenever you say that, like you're really hurting us, it really yeah. like makes us look bad. And you know, the last person that said something to this extreme was Joy Behar when she made fun of Nurse Kelly for wearing a stethoscope on stage yeah. at the Miss America pageant or Miss USA pageant. I forget which one she was in. I think it was Miss America. Yeah. And it and, and downplayed her for her talent as being a nurse during the competition. Yeah. And it's you just and why don't she have, was wearing like a doctor's stethoscope. Why she was wearing a doctor's stethoscope. Yeah. So it's like they have no idea the repercussions of what it looks like or how it feels to us to stand up there and say these things, you know, and even insinuate then we do nothing like we yeah. play cards, you yeah. know? So I think there are like a number of components. And another thing that we can all learn is that nurses have to try as much as you don't want to be involved. We have to try and be involved in leadership, in mm-hmm. government. We have to have a voice because these are the things that happen. I mean, this woman, as far as I know, is not even a nurse and slid in a bill saying that all nurses should work eight-hour shifts in the state of Washington. Because if we complain about being tired and We're talking, talking out about- both sides of our mouths. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's just uh, seriously crazy to me. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm curious to see what's going to happen. As far as I today, am too. like- Because if one state passes this law where um, we are, um, where nurses are limited to only being able to work eight-hour shifts, what does that mean for the rest of- the country, like is each state going to start mandating this, which there's research um, showing that eight hour shifts are better on the body, better on your brain, like less medical errors are made. And I just, I feel like there are very valid arguments on both mm-hmm. sides for not only patient safety, but for nurse safety. Like I, there've been times where nurses have gotten into accidents driving home from work after a really long shift. Oh my shift. gosh, yeah. I don't know if you're, I mean, I feel like every hospital I've worked at, there's always been a case of a nurse driving home and, and dying, like yeah. from a night shift. Like, yeah. crashing is always like the nurse. I, this has happened twice in my career where it was like the nurse on the unit who was wonderful, just a star, had worked there for like 10 years, was a mother, a grand, like all of these things, and then dies driving home. It's so sad. But So there definitely are, are points for both of both sides of this argument to switching to only being able to work eight-hour shifts or being um, like mandated to only work eight-hour shifts basically or working 12s. And I don't know if that's something that we really want to delve into. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's something that, we had spoken about actually doing a whole episode on this yeah. about working eight hours versus 12 hour shifts, but it's something to be considered. Like there is research, yeah. there is, um, we don't even know a life of working eight hour shifts, but back in the day, that's what nurses used to do. But we also don't know a life of working 12 hour shifts with mandated breaks and a mandated yes. lunch. Yeah. So I personally believe that that would be a complete game changer. Uh, and maybe like, you know, in the state of California, I know a few of the hospitals allow naps on night shift. Mm-hmm. So like, we don't even know a life like that. So no. perhaps it would be better to focus on making the 12 hour shift better instead of just changing to the eight hour shift. But nobody really knows because nobody's talked about it. Yeah. And we don't know any other life than the 12 hour shift. So 
that might be a good episode. And we could definitely get some comments from followers. I'm sure there will be a I'm lot. I'm sure people would be all over that. Yes. <laughs> but I think it goes back to the point that you were making earlier about nurses really needing to find and use their voices here. And not, not just nurses, but like other women and stuff in the medical field. Um, going for positions of power, basically going for like representatives, congressmen, women, just so that nurses have a, a stronger voice. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, I, people ask me, I was just going to say, I mean, like I'd vote for Danny. <laughs> people, I wasn't going to say I was going to run, but, but people do ask me, why I went for my DNP all the time. And mm-hmm. for the longest time, I, I really couldn't give an answer for a couple reasons. I couldn't give a solid answer. But in my mind, one of the reasons that I knew in my heart, but I was a little insecure to voice was that I wanted to be able, I wanted to be educated enough and have the title um, and feel empowered and respected enough to share my voice in you know, Washington, D.C., if I wanted to go march on the Hill for a bill or understand like how the House and the Senate operates and um, feel that I would have the educational backing as well, like the association with the university, because like, Mm -hmm. let's face it, like if you want to lobby for something, it's a lot easier if you have people behind you or with you. Like it's really, I almost would venture to say it's impossible to do it alone, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to feel empowered enough to be able to present a bill and write a bill and, you know, try and take it to the house or like make a really serious change. And I went to school on the East coast for my DNP. And we talked about that a lot. Like it was, it was a large continuing part through my program of um, how to lobby. And they had, I went to university of Maryland, so it's very close to Washington, DC. It's in Baltimore city. Uh, And there were days that you, there were internships available uh, to intern, um, in Washington, DC, there were days that you could go down and lobby. It was very important for you to learn how to be involved in professional organizations, which, you know, those are kind of a hot topic for me. I, I'm not sure how I feel about the direction of some of them, but Mm -hmm. I still think that it is really a useful tool to, you know, feel like you have a tribe and backing to go and make these changes and a voice. And so that was a large part of why I went to get my DNP because I just felt like I've always felt like nurses are just the greatest people in the world. But at the same time, we're trained to be quiet. And, um, and that's like in service of others, in service of others and people who work in the service of others don't often go against anything that's happening. You know, we just Mm -hmm. take it and stay quiet. I've never really been one to really stay quiet for very long, No, but I am very flexible for the most part. And, um, I want to get the job done. I'm a pleaser. You know, I yeah. want to make people happy. You want to so heal people. Too. I do. Mm-hmm. I do. So, uh, so anyway, it's like recognizing that that's in our nature and then having to go against and like fight for something. It's really hard. It's yeah. really, really hard. So, we got to we got to do more of this yeah. or Marine Walsh there are going to be more Marine Walsh <laughs> yeah. standing up there saying we play cards in the afternoon like I know on, man I feel like it really goes back to like women supporting women and like mm-hmm. women should not blindly support other women 
just because they're a woman. Mm-hmm. But the fact that this particular woman has such an incredible seat of of power in the United States and she's saying that the majority of us don't do much that yeah. we just sit around playing cards and that line in particular just really strikes a chord and how she can say that about such a massive population of the United States just really it's disheartening because I'm sure she knows someone or has experienced uh being like in the healthcare system before I'm sure she's hopefully had really good nursing care and really good medical care or like any of her loved ones have like how how can you say something like that yeah I mean I just I hope that's not what she meant I really yeah, I, I hope really that it hope. just came across horribly wrong but I'm, can, I'm googling today and I don't see yeah. that she has apologized for anything yet so I I was just googling as we're like doing this podcast I don't see anything well and that's really disappointing because mm-hmm. I, I want to give her the benefit of the doubt you know standing in front of Congress standing in front of like a bunch of like other really powerful people for me like speaking in public is is not my forte mm-hmm. that's why I mean partly like I wanted to try to push myself with this <laughs> right, podcast, of course. Um, but I'm also sitting in front of you. I'm not sitting in front of a massive, intimidating, historical room, right? You know, right. so I'm hoping that it was, you know, maybe she can blame it on a case of nerves. You know, she just was like scared and like nervous about making, and she really wanted this bill to pass. You know, like I, 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 I like to believe the best in people. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm, I'm truly trying to give her the benefit of the doubt here. Um, and that it was just like a case of maybe stage fright and that a word slippage, like she didn't mean that. I personally think she just did a poor job of explaining something and didn't realize just like Joy Bayard didn't realize the magnitude of the comment and, and what all that comment encompassed. Yeah. You know, and so, and I'll be the first one to say, my gosh, have I said things that I have regretted before? Same. Uh, and wanted to take them back so badly, but it just so happens that, well, shoot, I may do it on this podcast at some point, but like it just so <laughs> happens that I'm not standing in front of the Washington State Senate and it's not being, being broadcast and broadcast. Yeah. And like, and, you know, as we mentioned, like the first clip that came out about that was horrible. But as you yeah. kept watching, you know, you start to understand, like, p- perhaps where she came from, mm-hmm. uh, and they were a little bit better, but the damage was already done. So, um, but yeah, so as far as I can see, there's a ton of stuff online, but nothing saying that she has issued a public apology. Um, so many people have written op-ed letters. I've even read something that she was involved in the, uh, she was involved in the healthcare system and maybe had received some stents before some coronary stents. I don't know if that is true. I don't know if anything is true, but everybody is like digging up this lady. Like they made her a Wikipedia page last night. So God only knows if any of this is true. We need a fact checker on the facts. (laughs) We we need a fact checker on the facts. We need somebody in the Washington. Maybe maybe we need Maureen to talk about these things. No, I mean, like, I I don't know if we could ever get her on the podcast to discuss and, you know, maybe apologize but I feel like at the point that 
this airs, it might, it might hopefully by the time this airs, <laughs> hopefully, Marine will have issued a statement of apology. I sure hope um, she does. This law, though, I just feel like there really needs to be a more clear-cut, defined. It, it needs to be more defined on what it actually is and who it actually serves. And if you're voting one way for it, what does that mean? If you're voting a different way, like, people need to understand how to vote for this bill. Agreed. And, and so far, it has not passed. Um, I did see that the unions were in support of this bill. Oh, were they really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. We'll we'll do a whole episode on the pros and cons of eight versus 12-hour shifts. Yeah. That might be uh, Maybe something nurse really, really good. Have you ever worked in a nurse union? I have not. I haven't I have either. not, which is why, I, yeah, my job. I, I'm, sh- it, But, you know, I've heard some of my followers who have messaged in had, have said that uh, they have worked in a union and they have not been as well supported as some other nurses who work in a union. So mm-hmm. I don't even think that... You know, it's it can be generalized across all nursing unions, but even with controlled ratios, it doesn't always happen. Yeah, sometimes. So that's another interesting topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I think the thing now is just to encourage everybody to do their research on this. It's uh, super easy to. I actually on at Nurse Abnormalities made a post about this on my Instagram account, and at the end of the post, um, I listed her phone number for the Washington State Senate. Um, and, uh, it's very easy to, I have a link on there as well. It's very easy to find an address if you would like to write a letter and follow what is going on with this bill. Once again, it's SHB 1155. Um, is that correct? SHB 1155. Yes. 1155. Um, so you can continue to track it there and stay informed. And, you know, I'm really hoping for a public apology from her. Uh, but so and far, nothing. An explanation. And an explanation. Yeah. yeah. So far, nothing, but maybe by the time the podcast airs. So, <laughs> so. I have kind of um, a sweet nursey energy segment or thought for this one. Oh, yeah. um, and like we said, it's just like the little things that you kind of go, it can be like the little things. It's just whatever makes you feel like empowered and like you really did something like mm-hmm. to touch either your patient or patient's family. Um, I recently made, um, I had a little patient that was on ECMO. And for uh, those that don't understand what ECMO is, it's essentially kind of like a heart-lung bypass, um, but it's extracorporeal membrane oxygenation. It's like that full big term there. Um, But it really inhibits... um, parents from, I mean, like you can't just go in, pick your baby up, coddle them. Like you, they're just, they're too sick. Like you, you really have to be very hands off with them unless you're just like holding a hand or like, you know, we, we, we teach containment like, uh, gestures and stuff in the, in the NICU, like hand on the head, hand on the feet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, the patient has huge cannulas. Well, in their in their neck, right? right. Yeah, or groins for adults, but they're not okay. particularly mobile. Yeah. So, so I <laughs> I took a um like a a little baby hat, and um the ECMO specialist that I was sitting with um was also a good friends of mine, a friend of mine um and is also very crafty. We made like a little flower crown. Oh, for this little girl that was on ECMO just to try and 
humanize yeah. the whole experience more. You know, like she's still a little baby. You can still put little like bows and stuff on her, you know, just something that to make the whole situation not look quite so scary. Yeah, I that I absolutely love that. And I think nurses really do humanize a world that can be so robotic, like the hospital, unfortunately, yeah. can be so robotic. And cold. And cold, yeah. And uh, that's like a great nurse de-energy moment. Mm, thank and you. Uh, we, I love, I love when nurses start talking about this because there are just so many things that you can do and it's what patients and families remember. Yeah. I, we had a patient one time, this wasn't even my idea. I give it to another nurse who worked on the unit, but we had a very sick patient one time that was young. She was in her twenties and had cancer, had been on the unit for a while and was not doing well. And we made her these huge tissue paper flowers, like a ton of them. And we, yeah, we waltzed into her room one night singing Taylor Swift, shake it off, like complete idiots. And we painted her, uh, nails and gave her like a spa night and hung these flowers all over her room. She had like her phone out and was videoing us and like telling her friends and stuff. I know I almost (laughs) cried when you were talking about the flower crown, but it's just like the things that don't get, a ton of credit, you know, like they want, they, in the hospital, like people want credit for saving a life, Mm -hmm. but I, these are the things that, that patients remember, like they Mm -hmm. remember it. I can guarantee you that this girl's mom who actually happened to be a trauma nurse remembers Mm -hmm. like that situation in that night, um, Mm -hmm. over a lot of other things. And I just think it's really beautiful that nurses have the capabilities to do that. And you're close enough to the patient to do that. And, um, that little sweet flower crown that you made for that baby. I'm sure those parents like have a picture of that <laughs> somewhere <laughs> just to make this place like warmer yeah. than it is uh, on the inside. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. hospitals are cold. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so that's a, a great nurse D energy segment for sure. All right, guys, that wraps up episode two. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, remember to subscribe, like, and share your reviews of this podcast because it'll it'll help us kind of see, like, what you guys want to hear more of. Um, and don't hesitate to leave your comments on the WOMED Instagram page. Or and, Twitter answer, or anything. Yeah, or Twitter, answer <laughs> yeah. our lubrication questions. And yes. uh, share your nursey energy moments as well. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. See you next week. Bye.